Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now, in her opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the My Opinion Podcast, and welcome back to another Motivation Monday. Today, I have a really cool guest on. Her name is Dr. Amber Tishner. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I'm super excited for our conversation today. So Amber, we're going to just dive right into it. You have such a cool background. I'm so excited to talk about this. The main topic I'm excited to talk about is that you are, don't let me butcher this, you are a (laughs) female rivalry expert that that like word for me is hard guys but anyway (laughs) that is what really caught my eye talk to us about that what does that mean well and you said it right yes so um, (laughs) it is a mouthful um well I wasn't sure when I first dove into it but I was doing research for my dissertation for school and I had to do something around what was occurring in the working environment. I knew I wanted it to be about women. So I kind of stepped back and I looked at what was going on and I saw this behavior occurring in organizations. And it was this female rivalry. At that time, I didn't really have a name for it, but I saw that it was disruptive to the organizational culture. I saw that women were leaving And I saw that negative behavior was being rewarded as a result of this untalked about elephant in the boardroom. And I knew I wanted to dive deeper in it to understand what it meant. And so that's when I started over 10 years ago doing research on this topic. And so my dissertation, I interviewed women very in-depthly. And they told me their stories about what had occurred in the working environment that hugely impacted their lives and I was shocked, but also I was like, okay, I need to understand this more. I need to know why, what, why is this like this? Because women are half the population. Like we, she need to be there for each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so curious, how did you find these particular women to interview? I'm always curious when people do these like studies and find people for their books. How did you find these particular women? I went through my school because I wasn't supposed to know them. So they were anonymous to me, but they were local. I remember it was a big deal because, you know, people were just starting to do virtual things. And I'm like, I need to do some of these on Zoom. You know, I'll make them private. I won't tell their names. So I was able to do that as well. Or friends of friends or colleagues would recommend. So it wasn't people I knew directly. But once I put the word out, I was amazed at the response. I'm like, okay, I'm onto something. Like this is kind of big. <laughs> that is definitely when you know you're onto something for sure, when you get that yeah. response. So when you started speaking to them, you found a common thread and they were telling similar stories, just maybe different organizations, right? Different, you know, age groups, maybe different things like yeah. that, but yeah. same story. Very similar stories. And it was different age groups. In my research, I did a qualitative study. So it was, I'm really into the storytelling aspect of it. 
then I dissected their stories and I found these common themes. So the emotions that they all experienced, also the ages they were. And, you know, it was one-sided. I wasn't interviewing the other woman, as I like to call it, but the themes were very much there. Often they were younger women, or it could be that the the other woman was just threatened in general by who this individual was. And so the themes were very strong, hugely strong. It was kind of like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. So the themes yeah. were, I was going to ask you what the themes were. So it was typically younger. Not always. It could be younger or new to that environment or organization. I did find if it was a first job for somebody like right out of college Mm -hmm. and it was somebody that had been there a while, a little bit older, that was a big one. Or I found a lot of these women really had vibrant personalities, were outgoing, were put together, looked good, you know, and I'm not trying to place that on looks, but that's a threat to the other woman. So there were a bunch of factors. I found that when the women were in it, it took a while to realize what was going on because it's so very passive aggressive. It's very indirect. And so it's hard to name the behavior. So a comment could be said to me or an action done. And I would think, well, why would Maya do that to me? I I haven't done anything to her. Of course she didn't. I'm imagining it. So then the self-doubt comes in. Well, no, I, 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 she wouldn't do that. And then you just, over time, you start to be, you're squished down. And so when you're in it, because it's very intangible and hard to talk about, it's hard to share with others what's going on because it's kind of like a she said, she said. Right. But it's very real. Right. Yeah. And it becomes like a, a toxic type of environment, but like you said, it's intangible and you don't notice it as much as you do with some other environments you might be in, in the workplace. And I love how you say kind of the elephant in the boardroom, because it's not as obvious as some of these other situations. So I love that you did this research. So you did this, you did this whole, you know, research and then what happened afterwards? Well, I fast forward, I got my PhD Mm -hmm. and I was, so intrigued by the stories that I kept getting them. Women would talk to me. They knew what I had done, but then I kept actively seeking them out. And at that point I thought, this isn't just at work. This is in social. It's in family. It's on the PTA. It's at the neighborhood swimming pool or the soccer moms, you know, like it's amongst, it's very rare that a woman hasn't experienced this type of behavior on some sort of level. So I kept taking all these stories, not yet sure at that point what I would do with them. Sure. Fast forward, I'm in Richmond, Virginia with my husband and family, and I am working on a project. It was a long-term consulting project. And I was dealing with a woman that was just very hard to work with. I put it on me. Like, I feel like what can I do to make the communication better? I, how can we, you know, work together better? And there was never a problem. When I would ask her directly, it was, oh, Amber, nothing's, nothing's wrong. We're fine. But I knew in my gut it wasn't. And it went on for probably at least six months. I had the pit in my stomach. I'd wake up Sunday morning and think, oh my God, I have just one day left of the weekend and I have to go to work. And it would ruin my weekend. And I would drive to work and I would just I hated going into work and I was talking to my mom one day on the phone, driving to work on a Monday. And she said, I really hate to see how you doubt yourself all because of this woman. And I, I went, oh my God, like 
I am in this. How did I not see this? I'm in it. I've studied it. I've done it. And yet I'm experiencing it. And I honestly had no clue. Even my sister-in-law at one point said, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? You're not yourself. And I'm like, I'm fine. And I snapped at her, which is so like, she's my sister, you know, like I would have never done that. And because you don't keep, it doesn't stay at work. You, it impacts your whole being. And so I had one of those aha moments that if I know this and I've studied this and I know it as much as I thought I did, what's it doing to women who have no clue? Because I do feel like I lost my voice and I didn't see it, which is shocking to me. So I went in and I quit. <laughs> so I love it. So this is a question and you know, I know, uh, Amber, you've listened to the podcast. So this yeah. is a question I always ask and I feel like you're answering it already. I always yeah. ask women on the show, when was that moment you really stepped into your leadership? And I think this was your moment when you went in. And- oh my God. It was yeah. my moment 100% because <laughs> I'm like, I I have to help women find their voices. I feel like yeah. I lost mine. So it took some time after that. Of course, it took several months. And I think be- because of the self-doubt that I felt squished, all these emotions that came with it. So then fast forward, I started reading some of the transcripts from the stories that I had gotten from these other women. And that's when the true leadership pivot came. I thought, oh my gosh, this was the best worst thing that could have happened. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad it did because I am feeling every feel that all these women are sharing. Like I could 150,000 times relate then. Not that I couldn't before I had empathy, but I think experiencing it took it to just a deeper level. Yeah, I totally, I mean, that's where I was going to go with this for you because I would never wish that on any woman, right? But the fact that you were so intrigued by this and were so interested in it and women were just drawn to you by it. So clearly you were doing an amazing job with your research, uh, dissertation, all of that. And so you nailed it. (laughs) And then, you know, it was, we, you know what, what's meant for us does not, you know, evade us. Right. So it was coming to you for a reason. And then unfortunately, but fortunately you had to experience it to have, and I do believe this, you know, I don't think we have to go through something to have empathy, but I think if it's our true calling in life and it's something we're meant to do, we do have to experience it. And you know, that's what happened to you. And I think what is so mind blowing, we were of course chatting as my listeners know, <laughs> chatting before we got on the, uh, the official call here. And, you know, it blew my mind when you were sharing to me, in, you know, before that you did all this research and heard all these stories and you were going through the thick of it yourself and still couldn't see it. And that's, for most people, right? I mean, that's for anything. You can research and you can be on the outside and you can really feel and empathize and go, wow, these stories are intense. Like, how do we change this? How do we be this disruptors for this, right? But whoa, then it happens to you and you're like, wait, I'm one of these people now. This has happened to me, right? Like, what if I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I know I need to make a change with my job. I'm not really happy. I was putting it on every, you know, I had a reason. I'll do this later. There was a reason for everything. But I think too, it's the intangibility of it and the hard to talk about because the behaviors are very passive aggressive that it was hard to self-reflect internally what was really going on because too, I'm feeling stomped down 
that that's the first furthest thing I want to do when I'm home in the evening or on the weekend is think about really what's going on with this other woman or at work. You know, I just want to escape. I want to have a glass of wine. I want to go hang out with my yeah. friends, my husband, <laughs> my family. Like, yeah, I don't want to be thinking about that. So now I get it. And so many of the women that I've interviewed too, them living it, once they are able to start talking about it, they've pivoted as well. I'm tired of the word pivot, but I, I need to think of a new word, but they took that negative experience and knew what they didn't want to become. So I think that's where the eye-opening factor is in it. And what a beautiful thing too, right? To see something and go, I, I don't ever want to be that, or I don't ever want to be yeah. that person because I have had, I'm sure this won't shock you, yeah. Amber, but <laughs> I've had these experiences as well, you know, going into yeah. corporate America yes. uh, at 22, 23 years old, you know, it was not, you know, I, I share a lot of experiences going into a male dominant environment, but even when I was in a, in a female dominant environment too, I had some of those experiences. It wasn't yeah. as much as the male dominant environment, but they were different experiences. Right. Yeah. And there are those, you know, women where it's like, oh, you know, and I think what happens, cause you touched on a, a very important point. It, there's a lack of directness that was going on with your particular woman that you were working with, right? She was saying yes. like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And I think that's an important point to bring up because we don't really talk about it. Like what, like, why can't we just be direct? Like I do find that, you know, with men, some of the things they do, like that's a whole other podcast episode, right? Yep. But with women, with what we're mm -hmm. talking about today, it's, that's the issue or one of the issues, right? When, I mean, you're nailing I it. Yeah. Yeah. You're nailing it. So, um, I'm a direct person so much so that sometimes I have to check myself before I, you know, dive on in. And, um, but she, when she was in charge, she could be direct, but when it caught her off guard, it was, Oh, everything's fine and dandy, which was, completely false. Like I would one day I, when I brought it up, like, Hey, what can we do? Can I improve communication? What, you know, I was asking for, I was placing it on me, even though I knew it was, it's a joint relationship. Two days later, she came in and just like ripped me a new one, but she had time to think about it. Right. She couldn't do it when I caught her off guard. So when in the research, I had to have grounding theories for why this behavior happens. And there was shockingly, or not, there was nothing out there on female rivalry. So I had to kind of dive into what could be the premise for this behavior. And what I came to was um, aggression. So aggressive behavior. So in little boys and little girls, they're born with the same aggressive tendencies, you know, like until about the age of seven or eight. And that's when girls develop social intelligence earlier. So that's when the thinking comes into play. So you're using your words versus, you know, just the, your body or your hitting or, you know, I'm, I'm totally generalizing, but it's sure. um, not just action. It's you're thinking about it and you're relaying it that way. Boys will catch up, but it's usually a few years later. So typically, and Mind you, I've only researched women, so I'm generalizing here. But men, if they have an issue at work, Bob and Jim, they're belting it out. Jim, I don't agree with you. Well, Bob, blah, 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 blah. They'll have words. An hour later, they can be on the golf course having a beer, having a grand old time. Women, think about it. It festers. It stays in your thought process. And then it becomes... 
well, your kid's flunky math or you drive an ugly car or why are you wearing those clothes? Like it creeps into so many other things that aren't talked about. And so, because women view each other through the lens of other women. And so that's kind of it in a nutshell, but it's the aggressive behaviors. Have you thought about starting a podcast, but the only thing that's holding you back is finding that perfect co-host to launch that podcast with? We understand that challenge here at findacohost.com. And that's exactly why we launched our white glove service to help you find your perfect match at findacohost.com. Right now, we are in our beta mode and we're helping podcasters or future podcasters just like you find your perfect match. Visit us at findacohost.com and use our complimentary code VIP100 to test out our service right now and find your perfect match and start podcasting today. That's fascinating. Yeah, no, I've never uh, heard that before. And I've never, I'm, I always love to learn on the podcast. So hopefully you guys are learning a lot too, because I am. That's so fascinating. And obviously we know that women mature earlier than men. So this is not, that's not shocking news. <laughs> no. But I had no idea about the age. So seven to eight. Wow, that's yeah. fascinating. Because I'm like, I love to listen to my guests and then reflect back on like my age or like what was going yes. on at those times. And I'm like, oh, ding, ding, ding. That makes sense for me. I'm like, oh, I remember like being very communicative at that time and like starting to grow at that yeah. time. So hopefully that's helpful to you guys as well as you're listening. But that's- And that's when, if you, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, when you look at grade school behaviors, little girls, that's kind of when this behavior on the playground or, you know, different things start to occur. And I've done like what you do. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember in fifth grade, like, wow, you know, different little stories that might pop up, but yeah, completely. I, I, yeah, I'm reflecting and I'm sure you guys listening are too like, wow, that happened. And this is, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause at that age group, you know, the guys are still like running around tackling each other and the girls are starting to get into groups and like talk yes. and it's a totally, that's when it's starting to transform. So this is interesting. So yeah, we're in our minds, we're, we're evolved and we're overthinking a lot. Yeah. So how do we break out of this? Because this is toxic and this is not where we need to be as women. Yeah. We are, hello, we're more evolved, ladies. This is what we're talking yes, about. So we are. <laughs> how do we break? Yeah. I mean, how do we break out of this? I mean, I know you've, uh, ri- we're going to talk about this too, but you've written a book behind frenemy lines. I love the title guys, by the way, I'm obsessed with that. And I know you also work with organizations, uh, and, with your, you know, um, mission of good women walk. So you do a lot with this. So Amber, tell us, how do we break this as women? Because we don't want to be the victim, but we also don't want to be the woman doing this as well. So we, and here's the other side, we might, if we're the woman doing this, we might not even know we're doing it. So how do we break this? Bingo. You might not know. Chances are though, I will say if somebody is a serial bully or a serial rivalry instigator, they, they might know what they probably doing. know, but yeah. yeah, they probably know. <laughs> but first and foremost, I say, check yourself because it's always good to look inward to see if you are provoking or what you could be contributing to instigate this type of behavior. Chances are you may not be, but a good self-check is always a reality check. What if 
You know, what if you're dealing with somebody from a different culture? What if, you know, you may be a trigger and you may not know it? You know, there's so many, maybe you're raised totally differently than each other. So there's so many nuances. The second thing is I call it your inner shibuli, that little voice in the back of your head that's, you're not good enough or you're not this or blah, blah, blah. You have to control and tame her because women who like themselves like other women. So when you see this behavior occurring, I wholeheartedly believe that person that's instigating it really doesn't like herself that well. So she's projecting it onto other women. I think that's ultimately a big foundation of this behavior. Sure, there's other reasons. You might be insecure, you the need for control, you feel threatened. You know, there's so many, maybe you were raised and this is an environment you grew up in. Maybe you were taught you're never good enough. I mean, there's so many things, but I think those two things, checking yourself and taming your inner she-bully are huge for how to really look and do self-reflection. I love that. I think that's awesome. Your inner she-bully. She-bully. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's great. And I I really love what you're saying to, I love that (laughs) she-bully. gives you a little giggle, but it's awesome because you're not going to forget it and you're going to check it. I love it. But I think we all can relate to it. Like mine wears up all the time and I'm like, go back home, go to bed, you know, like get away. Like I'm in charge, not you. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're women. We overthink, we talk to ourselves in in a negative way sometimes. And so we've got to check that. And I love that. Um, But I really think what you said about the woman that's maybe doing the bullying or cutting you off or kind of making you feel like less than or whatever it is that's going on in this work environment or whatever, or like you said, it can be, you know, in any kind of relationship or any kind of environment, like you said, it could be at your local church. It could be in your, you know, your PTO meetings. It can be in your neighborhood meetings, your HOAs, whatever it is. It can be in a family dynamic. I have experienced that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, they, women who like themselves, like other women, you are so spot on because, you know, I think I've seen a lot of women and when they kind of break down, it's like, I've gone on retreats and things like that. And then when they kind of go into these like spiritual breakdowns, not to get too woo woo on this episode, but you know, or when they break themselves down or get into, or they go through something and they kind of break down, you kind of find out they weren't really happy with themselves to begin with, or when you get to know themselves, them on that level, if I've had the chance to, you know, and then you're like, Oh, this never had anything to do with me at all. It was all about them just not liking themselves. So, you know, I think knowing that and having that, I mean, we can walk away from this episode already with power. (laughs) I mean, that's that's huge. And I think it's it's really important for you guys to know that as listeners, because it is. And it's something that took me a really long time to realize, especially in my twenties. And I would, some women were just very cold to me and I didn't understand why. And I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm like miss outgoing and like, so extroverted. And I'm like, but why? Like, we're all like cool and happy. And I'm like, I know I'm not for everyone, but it doesn't mean you have to like shut me off. Well, no, you just didn't like yourself. Like it was that. Yeah. Well, and one other thing, which you kind of started to talk about it too, like what somebody else does, you have no control over. You Mm -hmm. only have control over your action. So how you respond to it, what you do about it, how you retaliate or don't, like you have control over your own behavior. You never have control over somebody else's. She doesn't like herself. 
that's on her. And chances are you're just in the wrong lane at the wrong time. And you have to be like an oncoming car, you know, and you hit each other. But that's another key thing to keep in mind. You only have control over your own actions. It's so huge. That is so huge. You know, you're reminding me of that quote, Amber, of like, it's it's none of my business what you think of me or whatever I love that, that quote, quote is. I, yeah, I, was, that I quote. was like, I bet she loves that quote. I was like, this is so Amber. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Such great advice you're giving us. So I don't want to um, forget about two big things we got to talk about here. The book, your labor of love during COVID, as you were sharing, behind frenemy lines. Oh, I love Guys, I'm obsessed with this title. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the book. So I had collected all of these stories and COVID hit and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm home with the family, the dog, everybody, you know, and I thought I'm finally going to write this book. And so um, I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to do, but it's crazy how things line up a month before COVID hit. I met the right people at the right time. We can, that's a whole nother discussion, but I'm like, I'm, I was meant to meet these incredible women. And one is my business coach and the other is an editor. And I'm like, I got down and I did it. So I used a lot of the research from my dissertation. More importantly, I have so many stories from women of all ages, from young girls to older women. And it's what the behavior is, how it makes you feel when it happens at work, when it happens in a social setting, but more importantly, how to overcome it. So there's so many nuances as your audience may be getting um, about this behavior. It's certainly not a black and white behavior. And within the frenemy category, there are many personas. So that was interesting to dive into that and pull out all of the stories. But yeah, behind frenemy lines, rising above female rivalry to be unstoppable together, because I firmly believe what we could do together is greater than what we can do alone. I love that. That's so powerful. Yeah, I agree as well, which is why I have this podcast because (laughs) I believe in empowering, (laughs) yeah, and empowering women and, you know, teaching us to step into our leadership before we ever step into leadership. But that's really just being together and supporting each other. And this is so aligned with that. And I, I love that. And I, it just shows all those stories were coming to you for a reason. It was all like leading up to this, which is so amazing. So we'll put it in the show notes, but where can they find the book? Are you on Amazon, Amber? Where can they find it? I am. I'm on Amazon, um, digital audio and the actual book. It's also on my website. It's at Barnes and Nobles, Barnes and Noble, and then at other local retailers as well. So there's a lot of places to purchase it, but that's Amazon, of course, rules the world. So that's always the place place people go to first. (laughs) That's true. But we'll put the link for your website and for Amazon. That's amazing. So uh, yeah, I'm so excited for this book. And for you, that's incredible. And it just shows you guys, you don't always know why something keeps coming to you, but it keeps coming to you for a reason. That's a lesson in this episode. It's a huge lesson. And I... Yes. I'm still collecting stories, by the way. So if there are any great stories out there, because who knows what the next book will be, but might be a, I, a part two or an evolution. Yes, to I just, me lines. <laughs> you have to, you have to listen to your gut and I, in life in general, but definitely to know if you're experiencing this type of behavior, I think your gut does not lie to you. So your women's instinct is something that you really need to listen to. If you feel something is not right. I think that's amazing advice as well. And something that you 
truly were going through yourself when you experienced it. And it's probably something we'll hear about in all of these stories as well in behind friendly lines. Yeah. And it's something that, especially as women, we have such a strong intuition and such a strong gut. And I've talked about it on other episodes with other incredible women too. Why do we ignore this? Like, like we get so in the head and we have such a strong gut and intuition. Yeah. And I love how you shared that, you know, when you finally followed yours. Yeah. Every time I've ignored mine, I've taken a detour. Yep. So when I'm listening to it, I'm usually on the straight and narrow. Of course, you know, detours are are part of life. So Mm -hmm. you're not going to knock those. They're there for a reason. But I just think it's so important to listen to that inner whisper because usually she's telling you something very important. Yeah. 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 And I find that sometimes we we ignore it because it might not be the easiest path. Might be scary. Yes. (laughs) But it's typically, yeah, 100% of the time it's the right path. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In my opinion, it is. Yeah. So we can't ignore like the big yes. thing that you're t- you're doing and it's working with organizations right on good women walk let's talk about this tell us about so, good women walk yeah so for years I was a consultant and then during COVID I put my writer's hat on and now I'm back to consulting because I it's crazy again how things line up and I'm like yeah this all like is my little package now I believe that organizations whether it's bullying in general or other negative behaviors, if you, so female rivalry would be an outcome of a negative organizational culture or an environment that does not embrace psychological safety. So that is, I'm going with the good women walk, focusing on female rivalry because that's what I've studied, but also there could be other behaviors that, you know, sink into what that outcome could be. If they don't have a positive or culture, psychological safe environment, one where everybody feels accepted, where you can be yourself, where you can be vulnerable and you trust the people that you are working with. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think this is such an amazing time to have an initiative like this and for you to be focusing on this because, I mean, Good Women Walk, again, love the name. You just, <laughs> you're killing it with these names. I love it, Amber. I love it, love, love it. Um, but what, for two reasons. One, we've got the great resignation and it yes. really, it's affected women. I mean, no pun, no pun intended, but greater yeah. than men, right? The great resignation. Yep more women left the workforce than men during COVID, right? We had to be home with our children. We had to juggle a lot more things. We, I mean, it just, it's just how it happened. Right. And we also were like, oh, we, and then when we're being called back into the office, we're like, oh no, we kind of liked this whole, like being able to do laundry and also juggle the kids and being able to like do dishes and multitask and all that. I mean, like, I don't know. We've shown it can we get done. Absolutely. And be more productive. So we don't want to go back to the office. So good women walk for, you know, you got to have a good culture to your point for, so I love that you're also honing into your expertise and with this, so that's absolutely fabulous, but you're also honing into the fact of culture too. And culture is so important. And I talk about it all the time on here. And I know you guys listen, you're like, oh God, she here, she was getting the culture, but (laughs) it's really, it's just so important, just so important because if there isn't a good culture, there's nothing to keep you in the organization. I mean, again, this is why the great resignation is happening because 
you really have to love where you go to work every single day, or you're going to be a part of the great resignation. I know I was one of them. So yeah, well, think about how much time you devote to work. And it's not like that switch is shut off once you shut your laptop down or leave the environment. If you happen to be going to a physical location, I'm constantly thinking about things. So you take it home with you, like, and prime example of when I was experiencing this rivalry at work, like it impacted my evenings and my weekends and like it seeped into my whole world. So that is what will happen if you don't have a good culture where you feel like you belong because where you can raise up and say something and not have fear of retaliation, where you can have a positive environment where it's okay if you make a mistake, you learn from it, you're not punished for it. There's so many levels on why, but I'm with you. I could preach about positive or culture for days. I know we could talk about culture too. I think another reason too this is so fabulous is you know diversity and inclusion is huge yes. now. Thank God it's finally a topic, yes. right? And so Good Women Walk really falls into that as well. And talking about inclusivity and obviously diversity as well, but and that's a part of the cultural aspect that you're Absolutely. talking about, giving that room for us to be inclusive and you know giving that space to fail, giving that space to be different, giving that space to, I mean, just fill in the blank guys. I mean, you can fill in the blank as you're thinking of it. You're like, giving giving my space to talk, giving my space to say, you know, as a woman, as someone who's African-American, as someone who is native American or what, you know, Asian or whatever you are. Right. So like, this is so amazing too, because that fits perfectly into those initiatives. And I think when you are working with an organization and you are focusing on Good Women Walk, you'll probably sniff out really fast too. Like, do they actually have a good DNI program here? But that's a whole other conversation too. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. that's the crux of it because you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you look at individual habits, build team norms, build organizational culture. So if you don't have these things in place, whether you say you do, it won't, it'll crumble if it's not there. So you have to have all of these. And I think now, I think COVID had, there's so many shows or people talking about this, like two great years of reflection. People know what they want and what they don't want and what they won't put up with. And so rather than walk away from it, get on board because otherwise it'll be hard to find good people. I agree. I completely agree. Well, Amber, before we close out, what is, you've given so much advice. I don't know what, what, (laughs) what else you have to say. I'm sure you have a million other things to say, Uh, but what would your piece of advice to women stepping into leadership for the first time be for them? Just a little piece that maybe we haven't touched on yet. So I'll go along with my theme of female rivalry. If you are stepping into leadership and you have this inkling that it could be occurring. Listen to your gut, as we've talked about. I think one of the best ways to really see if this behavior is happening is just document, keep a list, keep a diary, just to know because over time, patterns will begin to show and you'll see a theme that will come up. But I think more importantly is listen to your voice and remember to speak up about yourself because it can be so easy when you're stepping into a leadership role to be intimidated by somebody who's been there or somebody who's older or somebody who dresses phenomenally. You know, there's all these things that can make you feel insecure, but know that you're there for a reason and, and, you know, remember your voice because 
you can use it too because they they can learn from you in return. So that was a lot more than one thing, but <laughs> no, that's mm-hmm. perfect. That's fabulous advice. And you like stole like stole the thoughts out of my head like perfectly. Like you are there for a reason. I say yes. that all the time. I'm like, you're there for a reason. And yeah. I wish I had had somebody telling me that when I was so young in those roles because I thought, okay, I'm just not gonna say anything, right? Because it's like, oh so that's amazing. Thank you so much for all this information, all this yeah. knowledge. I love this topic. I think this is so fascinating because I think it can be looked at so negatively and you're taking it and twisting it into something positive and empowering and how we can like overcome this because this should not be going on in 2022. Like we need to eliminate this. So guys get the book behind frenemy lines. We'll tag it in here. We know where to find it, but how do we find you, Dr. Amber Tishner? How do we find you? Well, thank you. So my website, to be coaching and consulting, I'm on LinkedIn as Dr. Amber Tishner, also Instagram and Facebook as Dr. Amber Tishner. So I love to hear from folks. I love to hear if you're experiencing this and help, you know, think of ways to overcome it. But yes, I think what we can do together, I'm so thank you for having me on the show, Maya, because like you said, this shouldn't be happening, but it is. And it's rare that a woman hasn't experienced it, but Again, when you find your right tribe and your right circle, it's amazing what you can do together. So true. I love that. And we'll tag you in everything and we'll make sure you're in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here, Amber. It's been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And thank you guys so much for listening to my opinion. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.